We are seeing in the church at large more an acceptance of the world's philosophies and ways that are plaguing the church. And what we need to do is to know what God has to say in His Word. So stand fast in the faith and the truth of His Word. Welcome to Under the Fig Tree. Under the Fig Tree is a verse-by-verse study taught by Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel of Greeley. We are currently studying through the New Testament book of 1 Corinthians. Here's Pastor Jeff. Keep focused on you. I'm going to live for you because I know that you can come for me. And you promise that you are going to come for the church. And I know that as, as we discern the days in which we're living in, that we are indeed living in times where it points to the soon return of Jesus Christ. And that's what's going to be so wonderful. And the book of Daniel is not only very practical in those early chapters, but also very prophetic as we get into those visions that Daniel had concerning the last days. And it's going to be amazing because we are going to see very clearly, I believe, that indeed we can discern the days in which we are in, and that is that the signs are pointing to the soon return of Jesus Christ. Folks, don't go to sleep spiritually. Be looking for the Lord. The Lord promised he's going to come back. He's going to come back. And so be watching for him. But also, as we look at this exhortation, what else are we to be watching for? Well, we are to also watch out for the enemy. Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So the enemy, the devil as we know, is an adversary who is like a roaring lion that's going to try to come against you. He's going to try to come against me. He's going to try to come against this church because he hates us. He hates you. He hates me. And he's going to do everything that he can to try to get a foothold into your life. He's going to come against you and your spouse. He's going to come against you and your children. He's going to come against you and your family and others that are linked to you in your life. He's going to come between you and other brothers and sisters in Christ. He's going to try to draw you into sin, into the pleasures of the world. He will attack you in every way that he can because Satan never has a good day. Then he is called the father of lies. The master deceiver. Jesus said that he's a murderer. And he's going to do anything that he can to try to ruin your life. And if you are here and you're growing in your faith and growing in your love for the Lord, you know what's going to happen? There's going to be a a meeting that Satan's going to have with his demons. And your name is going to come up. And we need to be watching and sober and vigilant and aware of his strategies and devices and put on the whole armor of God which is spelled out to us in Scripture there in Ephesians chapter 6. As Paul would write in verse 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. And if you and I do not take up the whole armor of God in these days, listen, this is what's going to happen. You're going to be a casualty. Because there is so much deception. There is so much darkness that is out there. 
And one of the things that you need to remember, that I need to remember, one of the things that we need to teach our children is this, that if you go into the enemy's territory, he's going to do everything that he can to beat you up, to do you in, to make your life miserable. What did we see a couple Wednesday nights ago in the book of Judges in chapter 14? Samson, where was he? He was in the territory of the enemy, where the Philistines were. He shouldn't have been there. And he's walking through the vineyard, and what happened? That lion pounced on him is what happened. And fortunately for Samson, the Spirit of God came upon him. And we know all about Samson's strength as the Spirit of God came upon him, and he was able to defeat that enemy. Thank God, praise God, that the greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And Jesus Christ has defeated the enemy. But as a pastor, I see too often Christians and families that are going through just serious and devastating consequences and repercussions because they fell victim to Satan's devices. We need to put on the whole armor of God. And you see, the enemy, he's looking for you not to have your breastplate of righteousness on or your shield of faith to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. He's looking for you not to have your helmet of salvation on. And it isn't like when we're doing spiritual battle that we can say, oh, Mr. Devil, uh, Satan, can we just stop for a minute because I forgot my breastplate of righteousness and I forgot my sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I forgot my helmet of salvation. He's looking for you not to be armed. He's looking for you not to have that armor on so he can come against you and beat you up. These are perilous times in which we are living in. So we're being exhorted as, as they were exhorted 2,000 years ago. Watch. Watch. You watch for the Lord's return. Keep your eyes on Him. And you watch out for the enemy's schemes and devices. In Isaiah, Isaiah, he would speak to the leaders of Judah the words of God. And God was condemning those leaders because they did not lead the people right. And he would say, the Lord, to those leaders of Judah, that your watchmen that are blind and sleepy and lazy, loving to slumber. Ezekiel would mention the same thing about being a watchman on the wall. Christians and parents, whoever you might be, we are to be watchmen. That is, we are to warn, to watch out, to protect our homes and what comes into our homes. Warn your kids. Wash them with the water of the word. So we are told in this exhortation, first of all, to, to wake up. And that includes to suit up, which leads to the second exhortation. Because in Ephesians chapter 6, that we are told that we are to suit up, that we can stand. And so Paul says, watch, and then stand fast in the faith. Stand fast in the faith. Put on the whole armor of God. But also, how is it that we stand fast in the faith? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. How that's a word for us today. See, these Corinthians, as we have seen, lived in a city and a culture that was full of depravity and full of deception. And it would be easy for these Christians in Corinth to waver, to, to be tossed about, to give ground, wouldn't it? As me and a couple of my kids, we were hiking this summer. We were going up to a lake. It was hard hiking. It was straight up a hill and up by, you know, timber line uh, where... Uh, is high altitude, and we were up in the spruce forest, and, and the spruce trees, a lot of them were falling down, a lot of dead down timber. And the reason is because the spruce forests or the spruce trees have a shallow root system. 
So the winds come blowing over those mountains and down the hill, and it blows over many of those spruce trees. They can't stand because they don't have a firm root system. Now you go down below, and you have ponderosa pine, and you see that those pines and other pines, they have a taproot, and so they're able to withstand the wind, and they're standing firm. You know, that's how we are to stand fast, not give ground. That is, that we have our hearts to be like fertile soil so that the Word of God may grow deep roots into our hearts, that we would be ones that are constantly and consistently in the Word of God, to believe the Word of God. Can I ask you a question this morning? Do you trust the Word of God? What the Word of God has to say to you from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21, to stand on the promises of God, to live the way that God has called you to live because he loves you and his ways are true and his ways are right, that you may experience his blessing, that you may experience his life abundantly as you just live for him and live in the ways that he's called you to. When people come to me with problems, and I'm so glad that they do, and I tell them from God's word, this is what God's word has to say to you concerning your situation. And God's word will give them instruction. Whenever I get a response from others that say, well, that's not for me. It doesn't work. I know that they're on shaky ground. And with God's help and by his grace, we are to plant our feet in the things of the kingdom and in the word of God and to live in the ways of God. David, one of his mighty men, was a man named Shammah. Shammah's listed there in 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 11. And David told Shammah, what I want you to do is I want you to guard this field of beans, of lentils. And as he was, all of a sudden the cry came out that the Philistines are upon us. And it was Shammah that he stood there and he fought the Philistines by himself. And God honored Shammah because he didn't give ground. He, he stood his ground. He said, the king has given me instructions, and that is, I am to watch the lentil, the beans, and that's what I am going to do even if the enemy is attacking. And God blessed him and honored him and strengthened him and worked through him and gave him great victory in his battle and difficult circumstance because he stood his ground. He stood his ground. Stand fast in the faith. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 that you be the wise man that heard these saying of mine and did them. It's like the one who built his house upon a solid foundation. And when the rains came and the winds blew, the house was able to stand. Don't be like the fool, Jesus said. And I believe that Jesus said that with concern and love. Don't be like the fool who heard these sayings of mine and did not do them. Because what will happen is, is when the winds blow and the rains beat against the house, then great will be the fall of that house. I think that all of us that are in this room, we know that the rains do come into our lives. And the wind of, winds of adversity and difficulties come. And what my prayer is, is that all of us are standing fast in the Lord and in the word of the Lord. And as you do, God will honor you. And, and that you would be ones. Don't give in to all the deception that is out there today. Jesus said, narrow is the way and wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many that go by it. 
Jesus himself said that I am the way, the truth. And in the days in which we're living in, there are going to be more things that will come into our lives and come against us to try to, to knock us down and trip us up and weigh us down. And what we are being called to in these days in which you're living in is to stand fast in the faith. Stand fast in the faith. Continue growing in God's word. We're seeing in the church at large more an acceptance of the world's philosophies and ways that are plaguing the church. And what we need to do is to know what God has to say in his word. So stand fast in the faith and the truth of his word. And know this, that his eyes go to and fro across the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal towards him. So watch. Stand fast in the faith. Thirdly, be brave. If you have a King James, it says, quit you like men. He's not saying quit, give up. That word means actually act brave. Quit you like men. That is act like men. In other words, grow up is what he's saying. It's used in one other place, and that is in the Old Testament. In 1 Samuel chapter 4, as the Philistines came against the Israelites, it was towards the end of the days of the judges. The Israelites, their hearts weren't right with the Lord, and they went to war against the Philistines. They were defeated, and so the Israelites are saying, what is it that we can do to defeat the Philistines? Oh, let's go to Shiloh, where the Ark of the Covenant is, and let's go get it, and it will bring us victory. They had reduced God to an it. So they went to Shiloh, pulled out the Ark of the Covenant. There was a great shout in the camp of the Israelites. And the Philistines heard that. And they said, oh no, they have brought their gods into the camp. Their gods who parted the Red Sea. The Philistines, they were ones that believed in idols and pagan religion. But they were ones that they knew and had heard about the awesome work of God. And they said, we're going to be defeated. There's no way we can defeat these guys now. And then all of a sudden, as you read in 1 Samuel chapter 4, one of the Philistines stood up and said, be strong and quit you like men. In other words, you be brave. So they quit their sniveling and their whimpering and wiped their noses. And they went to battle and won for reasons that we don't have time to explore this morning. You know, sometimes the world cries out, give us men. And how much more the church today cries out, give us godly men. And how the church needs a group of men like many of you that are desiring to live godly in Christ Jesus. To be men to stand up as Joshua did and said, the rest of you, you make your choice, but... I've made the choice in my family. And as for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. How the church cries out for men to be like Nehemiah, who built the wall around Jerusalem after the captivity was over. In Nehemiah chapter 4, it reads that Nehemiah positioned the men behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings, and I set the people according to their families with their swords. And I look and arose to the nobles, to the leaders, and the rest of the people. Do not be afraid. Remember the Lord great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, and fight for your sons, and for your daughters, for your wives, for your houses. 
And as the people worked, there was a trial in one hand and a sword in the other. The great need in the church today is men that will fight the fight of the Spirit. Men, will you fight for your wives? Will you fight for your children? Will you fight for your brethren? Will you fight for your church? With the sword of God's word in one hand and the trial in the other is, you stand up and as you say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And men, you lead your families. And you love your wife. And you raise your kids in the ways of the Lord. And you pray for your family. You pray for your children and your grandchildren. And those of us who are parents, we know that we cannot have the attitude, well, I hope my kids don't get into trouble because we've got to do more than hope. Quit you like men. So men, have you fought for your kids? For five minutes as you get on your knees and praying for them. Do you realize that there's a war going on for the soul of your kids, for your wives, for your brethren? We need to be like Job who sacrificed a bull for each one of his kids lest they sin, he said. And God is not asking you to sacrifice a bull because Jesus Christ came and became the sacrifice for you and for me once and for all. But will you sacrifice, listen, will you sacrifice some time out of your day? Sacrifice your comfort your own ease, and intercede for them in prayer. And it is just not an option today to say, well, I don't have time. It's not important for us to, to be in the Word of God. It's not important for us to be grounded in the Bible. It's not important for us to be in fellowship. The exhortation here is to be brave. Be like men that fight the fight of the Spirit. Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong, be strong. You guys know the story, we went over it not long ago. At the end of the book of Deuteronomy, Moses comes to Joshua and says, I'm not going to go into the promised land, you're going to lead them, so Joshua be strong and good courage. You flip the page to Joshua chapter 1 and the Lord comes to Joshua and says, the man Moses has died. Joshua, you're going to lead him across the Jordan River and possess the land. So be strong and of good courage. He says to him, Joshua, three times in that chapter, be strong and good courage. Be strong and of good courage. Joshua, be strong and good courage. And then it's interesting, at the end of Joshua chapter 1, as you know, that the people came to Joshua, and the people came to Joshua and said, Joshua, we'll heed your voice like we did Moses. We'll listen to you. We'll follow you. But we have one requirement, one thing we ask of you. And that is you be strong and of good courage. I know that this has meant a lot to me, these exhortations in my life and in my ministry. Because there are times where the Lord is calling me to be strong and of good courage. And it isn't like, you know what, I'm going to be tough and I'm going to eat glass and, you know, and watch me. It isn't that at all. 
It's coming to the realization of how weak that I am and how I need the Lord to work that strength in me in those times where he's going to call me to step forward in the minister. And I'll tell you the truth on this. There have been times where I've sat in this sanctuary after difficult times and situations that I've ministered to. Whether it's being with a set of parents in the triage that are told to say goodbye to their daughter because we don't know if she's going to make it through surgery. Or being with a family that have just experienced loss. Or to be with a family that's told a loved one is very sick and it doesn't look good. To be with those who have gone through tremendous loss and hurt and difficult circumstances. To stand in a river and recover the body of a four-year-old boy that drowned with his parents. And you see, there's been times where I've sat in the sanctuary and I've said, Lord, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. And the same words that came to Joshua 3,500 years ago are the same words in that still small voice that would come to me. Jeff, I'm calling you to be strong and of good courage. And Christian, understand that there are times that the Lord is calling us to be strong and of good courage. There are people in our lives that need us to do that. And we can't do it on our own. It's a prayer for every day, Lord, help me to be strong for my children, for my family. And in those circumstances, when everybody's stressed and confused and stepping back, that the Lord's going to call you to step forward. Because you don't know what tomorrow brings. And you don't know when you'll find yourself standing in the river, ministering to others, when they need to see you to be strong and of good courage. May we be ones that we take on these exhortations of watch, stand fast in the faith. You be building upon that foundation, Jesus Christ, to be brave, to fight the fight of the Spirit, to be strong in the Lord. And then there's one more, and then we're done. And I think this is the most important one. In verse 14, let all that you do be done with love. Let all that you do be done with love. When I come to the end of my life, more than anything, what I pray that what my family and what you say and what people say about me is that Jeff Figgs, he loved the Lord more than my accomplishments or what I did. He was a Bible teacher. He, he did these things more than anything. When they think of me, that they say that Jeff Figgs, he loved the Lord and it showed in the way that he lived. That my wife says, my husband, he loved God. And it showed in his marriage to me, in his love for me, 
that my children more than anything, that they say, my dad, they, he loved God, and it showed in the way that he treated us and raised us. That you hear, that you say that our pastor, that he loved God, and it showed in the way that he ministered to us and shepherded the flock and served the Lord. And that's my prayer for you as well. Is that everything that you do, let it be done with love. Let it be done with love. And may people see that in your life. Well, I'm going to leave you with this word as we leave this epistle. Watch. Stand fast in the faith. Be brave. You be strong. And all that you do, let it be done with love. Thank you for joining us on Under the Fig Tree. If you would like a copy of today's study, please call us and ask for the message with today's date. Our phone number is 970-330-1717. That number again, 970-330-1717. If you prefer, you can write us at 2602 West 27th Street, Greeley, Colorado, 80634. You can also visit us online at ccgreeley.com. Under the Fig Tree is brought to you by Calvary Chapel of Greeley. We invite you to join with us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. and our Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. Please join with us next time as we continue to study the Bible together on Under the Fig Tree.